all. We are about to begin a webinar on uh, um, the film industry in Pakistan, or I should say the uh, industry, film and television or content producing industry, whichever way you like to call it. So let me just ask everybody to mute their mics and let the speakers go first so that we can, uh, and afterwards everybody will have a chance to speak. There's no question about it. We allow everybody to speak. We want an open debate. We want to make sure that there is a debate in Pakistan, which is beyond a favorite subject. I don't know what that is, but that's besides the point. Okay, folks, here it is. We are having the first in a series of webinars on the movie industry. We are trying to do a series on almost every subject in Pakistan. And I think it's important to recognize that this is an important but neglected industry and a very neglected industry. It kind of hovers around on the side of um, neglect as well as uh, positive disdain as well as kind of an outlaw category. Um, and I won't go into that at any length, neither do we need to. Um, and, uh, but it's an important and I'll tell you why, why PID is interested in it. So please mute your mics, let the speakers speak first. We've got an excellent panel. We've got too many good people, so let's hope we can keep the intervention short, but that's really up to the panelists. I'm not out here to interfere, I'm just here to introduce them. Uh, we've got Peer Saad Asuddin, young entrepreneur who's making, started making cineplexes or movie theaters. And when I met him, I was kind of surprised. Comes from Harvard and wants to make movies and not run a bank, which is uh, bizarre, but nevertheless, to each his own. Um, then we've got Kamran Lashari, he's a famous civil servant, you know him all. Um, his his uh, came to fame, he's also acted in movies. He's, uh, he's a big star in a movie called War. His son is a producer or director. But at the same time, one important reason to have Kamran on and ask him is the state of movies in our cities. And we'll talk to him about that. Then, of course, we've got Sarmad Khusat. Everybody knows him, now a famous director, actor. I loved his movie, Manto. But he's got much more to his credit. And uh, yes, of course, we'd love to hear from him. Rising young star. His father was a great star, too. Uh, he struggled through many difficult times, his father, and now I think uh, Sarmad is making a great name for him. Then we've got Kamal Khusad, another film producer, TV and uh, theater director, another famous star. Uh, thank you both uh, Sarmad and Kamal, uh, Kamal for joining us. Then we've got Marine Jabbar, a TV uh, film director and producer, again, a well-known personality. And we've got my old friend Faris Kirmani, who's now a very well-known director in England, made a number of very good movies and documentaries. So let's get started. I will do my little thing before, just a little bit to introduce you to why we are interested in movies. Many people say, hey, why should economists be interested in movies? And I can tell you, economists are very selfish creatures. We are not interested in movies for the sake of movies, so don't get us wrong, please. It's not that we like movies. We just like the money made in movies. To show you what the market is like, just look at this. This is the chart that I got just pulled off Google. Pakistani searching for subjects. And you can see that movies dominates even cricket. Cricket is in red, movies is in blue. Cars is in green. 
the economy is in yellow. So the economy is nowhere near movies. The economy is a dull subject, but movies is an interesting subject. And as an economist, wherever we see something like this, we see a market. So there is a market in movies and why is Pakistan not exploiting it? So my interest in movies is just that. It's basically the fact that we have a market out there that we are ignoring, okay? Look at the worldwide situation. Number of jobs in Hollywood, this is 2 million. And you can see revenue generated uh, from in Hollywood is 35. I'm not sure whether this is correct, but the key thing is it's very big business now, very big business. We can go through these things, but even more fun is this. There are 48 movies that have made more, more than a billion dollars. Avatar has made $2.5 billion. Hell, that's more than any industry in Pakistan. You know what the net, oh, you, sorry, the market cap of Engro is? $1 billion. So Avatar made more money than Engro and maybe OGGC put together. Seven billion movies, um, what is that? Sorry, I've got that wrong. So Indian movies, sorry, that was Indian. Seven Indian movies made over a hundred million dollars. Chinese movies, three made a billion dollars. Everybody knows about content and streaming wars that are taking place in the world now. Disney, Apple, Amazon, um, you know, Netflix, etc. Netflix is worth 200 million, $208 billion. So this is the economist's interest in movies. Yet in Pakistan, Saad, please note, and Kamran, both of you have to answer this. Apparently there are 95 cinemas in Pakistan. 95? That's like nothing. Even Turkey has 2,100 cinemas. UAE 255, a little, tiny little thing, smaller than Lahore, has 255 million, uh, 255 screens, sorry. Iran has 596 screens. We have 95, Saad, you've got a lot of work to do. So you'll have to tell us about this. Now, why are we interested? Pakistan has a youthful problem, a youthful problem. Two million kids enter the market every year. We tell them there's no street vending, there's no jobs, and not even movie jobs. They can't even give, sell popcorn, they can't do anything. So what do we do? And not to forget the soft power of movies. Look at the power that Hollywood, ha Bollywood has and Hollywood has, and now China is gaining, and now Arthrugul, for example, conquered Pakistan. And I must show you this, you movie producers, our long-run growth is going down, your market is going down, and this is something to worry. Our investment is way down. Nobody wants to invest in Pakistan, and that is subject, if they don't want to invest in Pakistan, why should they invest in movies? And we are dollar aid dependent. This was said by ancestors in 1950, and none of you have made a movie on how aid-dependent we are. So maybe that's a content for your next movie. We are beholden to fund. We are beggar. We are beggars. This is worth repeating. That's why we repeat it every webinar, so don't worry about it. But this is the state of our economy. The IMF, the fat guy, and I confess, I worked for the IMF for 30 plus years, so fine, I'm guilty. But a government is running helter-skelter, we are running helter-skelter for loans over a craggy landscape. That is the place where we are. Now in PIDE, we do a number of webinars just to find out what the problem is, what industries, what is moving industry, what is not moving industry. Our goal is always making money. Our goal is always seeking employment. And that's why we want to talk to you. And we find there's a lot of problems. Some of the problems are the governments. In fact, most of the problems are the government. There's also another problem. 
it lies in the set mentality in our culture. Everybody wants to be a set. Nobody really wants to be a professional. It lies in the fact that we don't have professionalism anywhere. I don't know whether it's true in the film industry or not. Let me, we'll get to that, but we'll see later. So cinema industry, we want to talk about from the industry point of view, we don't care about your career, creative problems, but sure, you're open to event on those two, but the mainly, mainly what you're interested in is in your constraints to producing movies, your constraints to excelling, your constraints to producing the next Avengers Endgame, or whatever you like it, like to call it, but to produce a billion dollar movie. What are the taxes? I remember a long time ago, I checked the taxes were huge on tickets. Is that correct? What are the taxes that are bothering you? What is the space and zoning issue that is bothering you? Why can't Saad set up more, you know, thousand screens in a few um, years, for example? Um, what about the financing? I don't know whether you're aware or not, Treasury Secretary Munchen, who's now about to go out with Donald Trump, was famous for being in Goldman Sachs. That's why he got the job. But in, while in Goldman Sachs, he made a number of movies. He has his own production company and is a famous movie investor and maker. So why can't people invest in movies? Why can't you know people, ordinary people invest in? Why can't Mancha invest in movies? Why can't Hashwanis invest in movies? And then what about training? Do you have enough training facilities? Do you have enough trained professionals? I see a lot of young people now have come with training. Um, and finally, intellectual property rights. So let me begin. Uh, with asking, getting an international perspective, then we'll drill down. So Faris, can you quickly give us an international perspective on movie making and where do you think Pakistan stands there? Then we'll drill down. Go ahead, Faris, the floor is yours. Uh, sir, please unmute yourself. Faris, unmute yourself. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. So I'll talk about the British film industry and the British television industry because I've been working in it for the last 35 years or so. Um, I'm, it's sort of in Britain, it generates about three billion pounds a year. Um, in, uh, the exports just for, from uh, independent production companies are worth about 1.25 billion pounds. BBC itself sells its own programs and earns about 2 billion pounds a year just by selling its own, the programs it has made itself. So it's quite big. It, it employs about 100,000 people. Um, it's British dramas, but surprisingly enough, British documentaries, including natural history programs, do fantastically well. They sell all over the world. Um, and they have, you know, big names, uh, David Attenborough, people like that, uh, presenting them. Then also Hollywood comes to Britain. I mean, there are in Shepperton and in Teddington Studios, films are, James Bond films are shot here. Um, you know, Avengers, short hair, Star Wars, short hair. So because it has, Britain has this huge pool of trained technicians, cameramen, sound recorders, set designers, there's a lot of investment in training. And uh, I think this is something which we should talk about for in Pakistan to have a proper film schools there. Um, and the BBC, uh, also invests in films, not only just uh, television drama, it also has a film unit, it invests in cinema, 
Channel 4 has a, its own department, Film on 4, they, it invests in cinema. So, and the BFI, the British Film Institute, invests in cinema, and that's, that money comes from the government. So three or four sources of investment, three or four sources of financing, and of course you have uh, private uh, independent uh, studios, Disney, MGM, all that kind of stuff. Um, I make documentaries, I sell documentaries all over the world. Um, you know, uh, there's a big demand for that. And I think that is something again, which in Pakistan we should think about, but obviously the subjects have to be such that they resonate both in drama and in documentaries. The subjects have to resonate with an international audience. It can't be too culturally specific. If it's too culturally specific, then it gets limited in my view. So that is how, uh, that's what happened. And, and we make, now we make films about subjects which are to do with uh, British Asian life, British black lives, um, stories about our histories, stories about, you know, the, 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 the immigration and migration, things that, which have been going on here since 1950s, race relations. We deal with all these kinds of subjects and these programs sell. I mean, it's, it's surprising how much in demand these programs are all over the world. So basically it's looking at our own history and, 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 his, and programs on history sales. I made, a, I made a program on the Ottomans. We've sold that program all over the world. Um, you know, so it's, one would have thought Ottomans, history, who's going to buy it, who's interested in it, but no, there's a lot of interest in it. So that's the sort of scale of things which I work on and which are, um, which are here in London. And I think it is something which the Pakistani film and television industry should look at, which is how to internationalize itself and how to go for a bigger market. In Turkey, as you say, they've just done that. And um, I work, do a lot of work in Turkey. I've shot quite a lot of uh, programs in Turkey, used uh, Turkish technicians. And they tell me that since the, the popularity of Turkish dramas all over the world, tourism has gone up by 500%. Middle East audiences saw for the first time what a beautiful city Istanbul was on their, on their doorstep. And instead of flying off to Paris or Rome or to London, they started going to places like Istanbul. And so, Television has led to a huge boom in the tourist industry, which obviously is a big thing for the economy. So it can happen, uh, but obviously the subjects have to be such that, as I said, they resonate and people elsewhere in the world would want to watch them. Okay, thank you, Faris, thank you. Sarmad Sahib, let me come to you. You are a producer, director, star, etc. everything. Why don't you tell us about the Pakistani industry? What is it? that's holding you guys back. Uh, you come from a film or a television, whatever, acting family. Your father, as I said, is a very well-known star of my time. So what is holding you guys back? Why is this not a vibrant industry like Bollywood? Or please, Urdu bhi bol sakne, koi asi baat nahi. We don't have to stick to English. Assalamu alaikum. Can I please go uh, next in, in, in after another speaker, maybe? I'm oh, struggling. That's why I'm on you now. That's I'm why I'm so on now, Sarmad. 
sorry, I'm just struggling with my computer right now. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Bolie, hmm. No, he wants to go a bit later, uh, Nadim. He's he's got his uh, problem with the computer. Sarwal Sahib, you can't you can't hear. Okay, then let me come to Kamran Lachari. Kamran Sahib. <laughs> you are now a producer as well, but can you please tell us why have the number of cinemas shrunk in our lifetimes, Kamran Sahib? This is a part of uh, administration. You are a famous city administrator. What happened? Why did the number of cinemas shrink? Uh, uh, Nadeem Sab, thank you. I've just joined in and uh, salam to all the participants, friends. Actually, uh, this uh, has worried all of us, including myself. And, uh, when I was uh, posted in Islamabad, a lot of diplomats would ask, ask me this. They would say, what kind of capital do you have where there's not even a single cinema uh, or a concert hall? So uh, we, we have seen that it wasn't like this in 1950s and up to 60s. So we were a flourishing uh, cinema industry. And, and uh, our younger days uh, have a great nostalgia of how, how uh, blooming the cinema was. So what went uh, wrong and where did it all happen? I, I think uh, one is, of course, uh, that the cinema became very um, static also in its, uh, you know, after some blockbusters, but it became more of a one theme movie, the Jat so and so and um, Gandasa so and so. Um, so, so one, I think that, that uh, we were trying to pull it too far. And then the Urdu movies, uh, decline and then most of all I think it was uh, General Zia's period where the whole cultural scene changed in uh, Pakistan so and the cinema seemed to have you know because it, it needs some kind of a liberalism also the dances are there so there could be some uh, provocative scenes and this is part of the but but there were so many uh, restrictions and then there was a excise tax for a long time and um, or, or the entertainment tax. So all these things made cinema become uneconomical. And uh, the people started pulling down their cinemas where, and converting them into, into, into shopping centers or something. We, we have to understand that cinema does not belong to a to government or, on, or it's not even on a government land. It's, it's a private property, which has a certain market value. So why should anybody convert his land into a cinema unless it is a profitable business. Mm. So, uh, and, and then later, mm. there was some rejuvenation we all saw in the recent years. Um, and then with uh, Shweb Mansoor coming in and some other friends and um, Sarma Saab and then uh, some other. So, so, but then it has been few and far between. And I think uh, it was the Indian cinema. It was the, and, and I would say that as long as we were competing with Indian movie and we had learned to be competitive, here we are talking about, you know, internationalizing our product, but we are not ready to even compete with our own neighbor. Mm -hmm. So uh, we um, stopped bringing in movies, but now when they were reintroduced, it helped boost the cinema. And as soon as they got uh, banned again, we saw that instead of uh, giving a boost to the cinema, 
it declined the cinema. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so it's a chicken egg and an egg one is the cinema, one is the product, the movie, one without the other doesn't, uh, it's, it's uh, like two wheeled cart. And, and uh, a lot of our producers said, agar nahi India se film to dekhe, hamari film ko bohut uh, faida hoga, aur ye hum badi boost karenge, aur ye ho jayega. Now, for, for now many years, there is no, so, so I think uh, we have to look inwards. Basically, and protection, to... ne, protection ne kharaab kiya, jase gaadiyon ko kharaab kiya, waise filmon ko bhi kharaab kiya. Indeed, I think so. So, so, or uh, com competitive honne mein, shayda mein time lagega, effort lagegi, but there is, this world cannot, you can't go very far or be sustainable unless you are competitive. Or uske liye hume ikalada bas ki zarurat hai ki how can we be do? Let's ask if he's got his mic working. Sarman sahab, aapka mic chal pada hai? Chale, phir Kamal, are you there? Kamal bhi bhi Kamal Khusat. No? Then let's go to Mehreen Jabbar. Mehreen, can you... Sir, Kamal is there. Sir, Kamal is there, sir. Achha. Kamal, can you speak, please? Kamran that the film industry is uncompetitive and you, not you specifically, but the film industry is hidden behind protection. industry Obviously, you are making efforts for your coffee at Chitil, maybe Again, comprehensive question here, or I'm afraid I would not have as panoramic of an answer as the other participants of this panel would have. I have a very limited experience in comparison to the rest of the panelists, of course, and I will come from my own perspective. I remember I was a I was I was a you know member of the audience back in the 90s. जब उर्दू फिल्मों का बूम कहा जाता है and we were for one you know were a family जिनके you know family के अंदर में पहले से all India radio से start करके all India Pakistan all radio and then you know Pakistan radio and TV and film के अंदर में सारी family थी हम लोग वो लोग family भी थे कि जो हर weekend के ऊपर में cinema भी जाया करते थे एंड theatre भी जाया करते थे देखने के लिए and 90s was a booming period for both the industries and they did operate as an industry also नाइंटीज में भी उसके सी के टीवी भी उतना ही सपोर्टिव था हमारी फिल्मों के लिए इंट्रोडक्टरी प्रोग्राम्स आने शुरू हो गए थे खबरनामे के बाद में और वी वुड लुक अप एंड यू नो लुक फॉरवर्ड तू कि कौन कौन सी फिल्म्स आ रही हैं और कौन सी उर्दू है और कौन सी पंजाबी है एंड दैट वाज आल्सो द टा� इसी तरह से प्रेस भी उतनी ही सपोर्टिव थी पेपर्स में ऐड आया करते थे और हम मार्क किया करते थे इस वीकेंड पे कौन सी आ रही है अगले महीने कौन सी आने वाली है फिल्मों के नाम बहुत इंटरेस्टिंग हुआ करते थे अगर एक महीने एक फिल्म अनाउंस होती थी निकाल तो फिर हमें पता चलता था कि दो महीने के बाद Lahore-based producers also, you know, coming up with all sorts of films. But what we what we saw lacking back then even was, let's say, that outdoor media का इस्तेमाल फिल्मों की प्रमोशन के अंदर में. Yes, amounts were being spent on, you know, outdoor locations and 
यू नो ऑन द क्वालिटी ऑफ द प्रोडक्शन जो भी अपने लिमिटेड मीन्स के अंदर में जो भी प्राइवेट प्रोड्यूसर्स जो थे वो कर सकते थे या इंडिविजुअल प्रोड्यूसर्स या लेस स्टूडियो सिस्टम तब भी उतना फ्लरिशिंग नहीं था लेकिन दे वट दे लैक्ट मनी इन वॉज अगैन यू नो अ प्रॉपर मार्केटिंग कैंपेन जिसमें एज अ फिल्म स्टूडेंट एंड देन यू नो इवेंचुअली थोड़ा बहुत पढ़ाने का मौका मिला एंड देन बाद में very later on practice karne ka mauka mila and we came to realize ke sometimes as big as let's say uh, 70% of the budgets of the films are dedicated to the marketing of the films actually you know so wo wala to humne kabhi nahi shayad time period dekha ke jahan ke andar mein ek producer baithkar ke agar film design kar leta hai bana leta hai to fir ek company usko back karti hai uski marketing strategies ko design karne ke liye aur fir uski promotion ke liye unke paas mein itne sare outlets ya itne sare platforms hote hain तो एक जिसको आप बोलते हैं कि बन जाता है जिसके अंदर में वन इंडस्ट्री सपोर्ट्स दी अदर इंडस्ट्री और वन मीडियम सपोर्ट्स दी अदर मीडियम दैट नेटवर्क वाज नेवर देयर एज पर माय लिमिटेड ऑब्जर्वेशन आई वुड से एंड फिर ऐसा ऐसा करके ऑफ कोर्स ड्यू टू लिमिटेड सब्जेक्ट एंड यू नो हमारे यहाँ बहुत सारी डिबेट जो है वो अराउंड द लैंग्वेज ऑफ द फिल्म ही रहेगी कि ये उर्दू फिल्म है फिल्म नॉट लेट से कैटेगराइज अपॉन देयर यस बट अकॉर्डिंग टू वट लैंग्वेज देवर मेड इन उर्दू फिल्में बनती थी और पंजाबी फिल्में बनती थी और उनकी आपस में सिर्फ कंपटीशन हुआ करती थी एंड मोस्ट ऑफ देम वर यू नो इन देयर स्टाइल एंड देन ट्रीटमेंट मोस्ट ऑफ देम अगर मैं ना भी कहूँ तो बट इंटरनेशनल फिल्म इंडियन फिल्म ऑल्सो सो म्यूजिक जो था जहाँ पे फ्लरिश भी करता था बट देन अगेन यू नो हमने अपने फिल्मों के बूमिंग पीरियड के अंदर में भी देखा है कि हमारे जो गाने हुआ करते थे फ्रॉम लेट्स लीडिंग सिंगर्स ऑल्सो यूज टू बी you know uh, rip offs of some popular songs from across the border and then you know kuch international melodies wagaira ko lekar ke ab again hamari film mein competitive ho sakti hai ki jahan ke andar mein ek industry dusri industry ke back to par mile let alone ke ek industry ka individual dusri industry ke individual ki back to par mein khada hua hai so again expecting ke aur wapas ye to bhi industry bhi nahi bani hai it is again very much of an indie scene uh, indie cinema scene ke jahan ke par mein koi ek producer badi mushkil se अपनी कोई सेविंग्स uh, को लगा करके या दोस्तों के फेवर्स लेकर के या किसी से कोई स्पॉन्सरशिप अमाउंट इकट्ठी करके कॉपरेट्स वगैरह में से लेकर के एक फिल्म बना देते हैं तो अभी तो ये इंडस्ट्री भी नहीं है तो हम उसके अंदर में कैसे सोच सकते हैं कि हम इस्टेब्लिश एंड थ्राइविंग इंडस्ट्रीज के साथ में जिनकी डेकेड्स की जो है वो हिस्ट्रीज uh, हैं फ्लरिशिंग uh, की सिनेमाज की Uh, उनको हम कम्पीट कर सकते हैं सो आई वुड से नॉट इन टर्म्स ऑफ द क्वालिटी ऑफ नेरेटिव दैट वी आर प्रोड्यूसिंग यस टेक्नोलॉजी जहाँ पे जहाँ इवॉल्व करके चली गई है उसमें पाकिस्तान क्या किसी भी एक इंडिविजुअल या किसी एक इंडस्ट्री का भी हाथ नहीं है जो हो गई अपने मूवीज में से पैसे नहीं बना रहे मतलब ये जो फॉर एग्जाम्पल सरमद ने मूवी बनाई थी मंटो जो मुझे याद है It did actually, you know, uh, quite uh, quite fortunately, I would say, that the money that was invested in the film, in the serial, was recovered from the film. And that is why our here is a spin-off concept. Then they came back and just threw it. But the program was supposed to be syndicated to two channels, which it did get eventually, Jio and then PTV. But then again, you know, uh, they just threw the back when the eventual serial was edited, they did not uh, pay as much attention as they were supposed to. Yes, it did make money, but then Manto is one of the exceptions, I would say. Mehreen, what about you? Did uh, are you making money off your movies or not? Uh, sir, Mehreen hasn't joined so far. Mehreen hasn't. Sir, Mansab, are you back or not? जी जी आई एम आई एम आई एम रियली सॉरी बहुत सारे अपॉलॉजीज मेरी तरफ से टेल अस टेल अस आर यू मेकिंग मनी फ्रॉम मूवीज और आर यू वर्किंग इन हबीब बैंक इन मेकिंग मूवीज 
नहीं जी आई थिंक बहुत इधर दीगर लोग जो आई थिंक उसके फाइनेंस को या उसके कॉमर्स एंगल को बेहतर समझते हैं वो भी बैठे हुए हैं मगर मेरे नाकस और थोड़े महदूद इल्म के मुताबिक प्रोड्यूसर को अभी भी हमारे यहाँ उस तरह से पैसा नहीं आता वापस जो पूरी एक फूड चेन बनती है जिसमें सबसे पहले प्रोड्यूसर होता है इन्वेस्टमेंट के मामले में फिर उसके बाद डिस्ट्रीब्यूटर एंड आता है फिर उसके बाद एग्जिबिटर एंड आता है तो अभी भी जब हम फ्लॉन्ट कर रहे होते हैं नंबर्स आई थिंक इट इज जस्ट अ मार्केटिंग एंड मोस्टली जो बड़ी फिल्में होती हैं उनमें बड़ा पैसा लगा होता है शोर उनकी रिकवरी शायद ब्रांड एंडोर्समेंट्स या छोटी मोटी प्लेसमेंट से हो जाती है बट द ग्राउंड रियालिटी ऑल्सो बींग दैट इट्स नॉट ह्यूज अमाउंट ऑफ मनी दैट इवन द कॉपरेट्स आर पुट इंडियन आई मीन दे डू समटाइम्स बट सो इन टर्म्स ऑफ से द रिटर्न फ्रॉम द बॉक्स ऑफिस और फ्रॉम द सिनेमा हाउसेज आई डोंट थिंक एनी फिल्म हैज बिन एबल टू डिपेंड ऑन इट एंटायरली और बहुत सारे लोग इसीलिए मेरा ख्याल है वो इधर दे हैव टू जस्ट सकम टू द आइडिया ऑफ बीइंग एसोसिएटेड और बीइंग फंडेड बाय अ बिग प्रोडक्शन हाउस एंड फॉर द लास्ट फ्यू इयर्स दैट हैज टू बी वन ऑफ द टीवी चैनल्स व्हिच आर नाउ द मेन मूवी प्रोड्यूसिंग चैनल्स आल्सो एंड दैट कम्स विद से अ होल सेट ऑफ प्रीसेट्स और रिक्वायरमेंट्स इन टर्म्स ऑफ से व्हाट यू ऑनरा व्हाट काइंड ऑफ कास्टिंग व्हाट mode of storytelling and 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 a lot of other sort of you know formula driven uh, constraints that i would like to call it whereas it comes to say uh, what what gabul was talking about manto manto was made with a very small budget and i think that was perhaps a trick or a model that had to be followed later it was a not meant to be a movie initially it was more like a distillation out of a, a tv project and hence the stakes were really small and ratio wise uh, geo did manage to recover uh, you know at least the investment back and it was a two fold project where there was a tv project which came out of the uh the initial project was the uh, tv project so some money came back from the telecast uh, rights also so having said that right now no uh i would like to i mean i did get uh, hear the question when you said that you know what is holding us back uh from uh, telling our stories or competing with the world i think nothing or no one is supporting us actually when we talk about industry it's not about individuals it cannot be just my film or somebody else's two films that can take the whole say the mood or the uh the direction in a, in a certain way it has to be then when an industry is operating as an industry then they need need to be sort of you know a more elaborate sense of structure to it a more elaborate sense of integrity and some kind of a design you know which is completely lacking and i think it's such a broken record that we keep saying that there's no support from the government which is as true and i would just end it there i think it's hardly debatable anymore we know uh, how that has been for the past many many sort of uh, tenures of several kinds of uh, governments here uh, that has never happened uh, whenever even you know we talk about the golden era or the golden age of pakistani cinema i think it was just thriving pretty much on its own uh, through a certain cycle of commerce and hence they had to uh, stick to a very formula driven storytelling and uh, i think as much as one would like to glorify the past i think our film industry was pretty much stagnant even in its boom in terms of say diversity of narrative styles aesthetic styles 
our music was flourishing. I think always there has been like a golden age of film music here, but I don't know. I mean, if I were to just throw a question to all of us right now, I don't know if, if all of us would be able to give us, uh, give each other like 10 favorite Pakistani films. We have not watched enough Pakistani cinema. I'm 41. I don't have 10 favorite Pakistani films. So right now, I think it is a very indie scene where uh, some people are trying to make money or trying to say, and, and most of the money then also comes through, say, smaller sort of, you know, uh, pockets like selling di digital rights or television rights and things. But as an industry or as a, as a commercially viable business, I don't think it even stands on one leg at the moment, let alone, you know, it needs to stand sturdy on two good legs. Uh, it doesn't. It is a very individual effort in small pockets. Even the big TV channels, for example, I don't know if any one of them is producing more than two films a year. And with that kind of quantity and a ban of Indian cinema, which, uh, uh, I mean, just unluckily so, I mean, because there's so much politics around it, uh, that was kind of taking care of putting enough people on the seats for a long, long time. And somehow our films did drive some crowds in, but a lot of our films only survived on the spillover of the, the Bollywood cinema that was being shown. And I am sure even if a film like Manto, for example, there was a dedicated audience, but it was really small. So it did have a lot of spillover of whatever was happening around it. So right now, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but uh, in, in the sense that, you know, if there is a sense of direction, if there is a sense of a plan, I don't think anyone has it. Okay. Uh, nobody let's does. Bring in, let's bring in Harvard now. Uh, Saad, you returned from Harvard to intervene in the film industry. And you put your money where your mouth is. So please tell me, why did you put your money here? And what promise do you see in the film industry? And what has happened um, for you? Has it made you more despondent? Are you more uh, optimistic? Do you see the film industry flourishing? And what is this, this, this I hear that there are no networks, there are no financing arrangements, there's really, I mean, it seems to me it's like an amateur outfit where some people are doing things for their own pleasure or fun, but there doesn't seem to be a, a vibrant professional culture there. Saad, am I wrong? Go ahead. Saad. Well, thanks, Madeem. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, there'll be a bit of an echo. I'm traveling today, so I'm visiting the place to actually set up. So. I apologize if the internet keeps coming in and out. So let me walk you through the whole, I've listened to everyone now, and if I have about 10 minutes, I can walk you through. Mm -hmm. So to answer your first question, I think um, Howard didn't teach me to operate in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. I should have just made housing societies. I think I would have done much better. I have an engineering company, I have a consulting, uh, I have a construction company, and building houses would have made me financially much better off than building cinemas. Mm. Um, so let me tell you where we started off from. Um, mm. You know, when I got back mm. uh, with General Musharraf's regime, and we went and showed him some charts, and, you know, you play, try and make some presentations and stuff like that. And the government has always tried to help, but I'll tell you where the problem is. Um, so we had about 1150 screens in Pakistan in 1965. This is only West Pakistan. I'm not talking about East Pakistan. Hmm. Uh, when we got into this business, there were 25. Right. So you can do the math. We had lost about 98% of our film industry. We used to produce about 150 films a year. Hmm. 
we were the fifth largest film industry in the world, mm-hmm. sometimes even third. And we were down to zero Urdu films. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2015, if you looked at the top searches from Google from Pakistan, um, <clears throat> the first was for YouTube, mm-hmm. but the next four were for Indian films. Mm-hmm. Now, what was it that we succeeded in doing? We banned Indian films in 1965. And we destroyed our own industry. Two generations of Pakistani missed out on Indian films. I remember in the 80s and 90s, the only movie stars we could think of was Indian movie stars. So I honestly think if somebody had actually devised a plan to destroy the Pakistani uh, film industry, they couldn't have done a better job than what our government did back in 1965. Mm-hmm. So I think we kind of destroyed it. I think Sherry Rehman was very, very helpful. Um, General Musharraf took the lead forward. In 2005, um, and if I send you this, you know, when I did my due diligence, I took some slides and I took some pictures of the cinemas. The women's bathroom used to be boarded up Mm. because no women used to go there. Mm. And nobody would want to step into those cinemas uh, at all. Mm. So the state of Pakistan, and I don't say General Musharraf, the state of Pakistan made a commitment to us that they would open up Indian films. And based on that business model, we should invest. Mm. So our company has invested about 7 billion rupees into this sector, of which we raised, I would say, about 3.5 billion rupees from foreign investors. Um, from all over the world, the US, you know, UAE. We, we went around and we raised money from private equity and stuff like that. Um, to date, other than my salary, I have never taken a single dime out of us in our business because we were going through a very fast pace. We were pretty much in the initial years doubling our size. And then we were growing at about 60, 70% top line for the past three, four years. Um, so it's all come to a stop. In 2018, we had an incident with India and uh, we shut down Indian films. This is before Kashmir. This is Pulwana incidents with that happened. Social media put a lot of pressure on the government. Um, and the government, before they took out a notification, we worked in partnership with them to shut down uh, Indian content because once government brings out a notification, it's very difficult to reverse it. And then when the Kashmir issue took place, then everything from India is done. Mm. So we fired about 800 people since then. Uh, we, you talked about bringing professionalism into this sector. Well, you know, we used to send our people for training all over the world. Our CEO was a woman who had worked in five different countries, including Argentina, England, Singapore, Australia, Vietnam. Um, she was running, and Malaysia, six. Mm-hmm. So she was running a 200 chain. Uh, she was the chief operating officer mm-hmm. of a 200 screen cinema chain in Malaysia. We convinced her to move to Pakistan two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she became our CEO. She just left about four months ago because it doesn't make sense to keep her there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so along with that, let's go through the entire cycle, right? So everyone keeps telling us that just because there's very few cinema owners, we are the people who dominate the sector. Mm. But you know, you had to, we had to set up distribution first because if you didn't have content, you couldn't have uh, cinemas. Mm. So what we did was we actually signed up and we represent Universal, Paramount, Disney, 
Fox, all the big studios uh, here, because we need about 200 films to run every year. Hmm. The maximum films that Pakistan has given us ever was 29. Hmm. Now, you know, I love hearing people say that, you know, they make a lot of effort to make movies. And I really appreciate that because every one of us is an entrepreneur and artists put in their blood and soil. But the point of the matter is that not all films do well, right? That's just the basic, basic chance of it. Uh, the basic, I mean, bottom line. For example, every time I run a movie in one of my multiplexes, it costs me 28,000 rupees. But that does not mean that I will get 28,000 rupees worth of customers in there, right? I'll give you an example that out of the and I can give you the exact number, that there were about 21 Pakistani films released, of which I lost money on about 17 of those Pakistani movies. I mean, I actually lost money. And running those films. In the Western world, if the movies are bad, people don't even run those films, right? We wanted to promote the Pakistani uh, film industry. So the Indian film content gave us the financial breadth to actually help a lot of... We used to run every Pakistani film. There was no Pakistani film we did not run. But at the other side, what we had was our ticket prices went up 43%. And I'm giving you this example uh, of Jinnah Park, where we opened up in 2005. That was the first investment in a Pakistani cinema. It cost us $3 million, $4 million at that time. Um, it was the first movie cinema built after the 1970s in Pakistan. The ticket prices there went up 43% over the past 15 years. Guess how much the electricity prices have gone up. My electricity bill has gone up 568%. My rent has increased 350%. The dollar has increased 154%. And I still offer student tickets for 199 rupees there as well. So it's not that the economics of this business are there at all. There was some uh, question you raised about the government, and I, Kamran Bhai mentioned it as well. Mm. There are 17 NOCs I require from different government organizations. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Mm. Uh, in uh, Gujranwala, I have a three-screen multiplex. The whole mall was working. But I needed to go, once the mall was working, I needed to get an NOC from 17 different government organizations. And I need to have that license renewed every year. So every so year, the government, 17 NOCs? 17. I have to go to the DC office. The DC office writes to about, up to about 17 places, and I can name a lot of them for you. The environmental department, the uh, civil defense department, the special branch of the police, the SP police security, the health department, the electricity, the building. <laughs> I can give you the name. And I can Every year this has to happen. Every year. It's not the first time only. My license issued by the district commissioner is for one year. Now, let's take a film, right? So what have we done? Um, as an industry, I was paying corporate tax. I have paid half a billion rupees of taxes in the last three years between 2015 and 2018. It's half a billion rupees. Um, this includes sale tax, this includes import duties. I'm just saying what we contributed to the government coffers was half a billion rupees, over 50 crore rupees in three years. 
But at the same time, what did we see? Uh, the government has banned films. The government has um, basically, today, a film can run on YouTube, Netflix. Any forum that you want to use, any forum whatsoever. But the problem is that you can't run it in the cinema. So you can watch it on torrents, you can watch it on YouTube, you can do anything you want. But the only place that pays you tax, it's no longer available. So that has happened. But on the flip side, I can also tell you this. Our films had started becoming international. If you think about it, there was a movie called Janan. And this is why we have always been very supported by the government, as well as um, ISPR and every other organization in Pakistan. Because Janan went to England and they made about 500,000 uh, pounds. But the most interesting thing was that the diaspora does the, only the diaspora housewives actually watch Pakistani dramas. But a film is a three-hour medium, two-hour medium. Anyone and everyone goes to see it. So Pakistani students were taking Indian students, you know, some Chinese students, some American kids with them, and they'd go see a movie. And the comments and the on not only social media but local newspapers was. Hello, you're losing you. Let me take it one, one step more forward. Hmm. Uh, I think by closing off Indian competition, uh, we've closed up, uh, uh, what do you call, basic essence of our lifeline. We will not be able to make good Pakistani films. Since February 2019, we have not actually made money on a single Indian film as a cinema we are the largest cinema owners of Pakistan. Mm. I have not made a single rupee uh, of profit on any Pakistani film whatsoever. While before that, the people want to see Pakistani films. Now, if you ask me which is the most successful Pakistani films I've run, they've actually been Pakistani films. Punjab mm. Jaungi, Namalum Afrad, Khuda Ke Liye Waad, which was Kamran Sanz, Jawani Pirmiani. Because we are an underscreen market. Mm. Bangkok alone has more screens than us, right? Mm. So it is the number of weeks one of our films runs. Mm. And we ran Punjab Jangi for 37 weeks, which mm. is unbelievable. The top five films in Pakistan in terms of length of run, which is the one yardstick of success, have all been Pakistani films. Mm. Mm. And those films have done phenomenally well. And the producers are very happy. Now, the problem one, the last thing I want to address, because I've gone off, and mm. I was been trying to address all the questions that you raised. Mm. So I wanted to make sure that we uh, did that. Mm. So the two things I would like you to know, mm. that, you know, one of, in 2004, 2005, mm. uh, there was this film uh, about Pakistan-India friendship, I'm forgetting the name. That made $7 million. Mm. Punjab ni Jaungi at 100 rupees to a dollar made $7 million. And that was their worldwide collection. Mm. So the mm. potential was there for us to get to that point. And, you know, Pakistan better than Indian films. Mm. And the last thing I'd like to say is, as an industry, I think we all work together well, where there was money to be made for everyone. 
And it doesn't matter which government came in. I've been in this business from 2015. Uh, each government has tried to support us. Every other organization has tried to support us. Um, today, if somebody makes a film, and you were asking why doesn't Engro or Pia Mancha invest in the film, uh, they actually can, and their profits from a film is 100% uh, tax-free. The government passed this in 2018 under the new film policy. Mm -hmm. So anyone who invests in a Pakistani movie, all the profits are tax-free. Mm -hmm. So it's a great incentive for, uh, we lobbied with the government, the government supported us, they came out with the film policy. But the problem is we live in a very complicated uh, country where there are a lot of pressures and a lot of exogenous pressures which don't allow us to continue to function. Sarman sir, let me turn to you then. I think agar is tax free aapko financing mil hai, agar aapke paas screens bhi ab padi hain aur demand bhi hai market mein, what is holding you back? Why can't you make the professional networks that are necessary? I believe, I believe, of course, I'm just a watcher, I don't know enough. But filmmaking is a very complex task with a huge number of people involved. Okay? So is it so? Why is it so individualistic still? Is it because we set mentality or is it something else? Again, I mean, as much as I agree with most of what uh, Pirsab just said, I do feel that, you know, just saying the government has made a policy where it's tax free, it doesn't just come as, oh, now there's a policy and it's accessible and everybody will have the knowledge of how it operates. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. Uh, as you said, that films are literally made with an army and a half. A film takes like years to make. Uh, Sure, there is commercial cinema, which makes money, but then there is uh, an aside to it, which I don't know. I mean, the whole uh, fiasco that went around my film, I don't know, that's something which I wasn't ready for. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody is ready for that, where you have invested money, where you're ready for a release, irrespective of, say, the genre or the outreach, but... Uh, no, it's it, it sort of, you know, just having, say, a policy in place does not ensure that it will have practical implementations and it will also ensure that there would be enough work produced. Could it also and, be that uh, our film industry is full of idealists? Now, that's a movie I saw as well. I see very few movies. That's a movie I saw too, and I enjoyed it. Movie without a message, with nothing, just a fun movie. I think Pakistan but some problems, some big problems, I feel. Mm -hmm. But fair enough. And but the point yeah. is, it was. Narrative problems. I feel it had a lot of problems in it, sure. Okay, go ahead. Hmm. So, well, how much Sorry to cut in, Nadim, if I can just take a second with Samadhi. Hmm. The problem is that we all want to do things in one year. Hmm. There is an evolution of everything, every industry. <laughs> industry did not get bored in Pakistan and take over 60% exports on day one, right? Everything has a life cycle. What is the life cycle of films? And I apologize if I'm stepping into your domain, um, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for what you do. Uh, the thing is, VK, you need a certain amount of scale. So commercially successful films 
Like we don't have a horror genre in Pakistan. Right now, the only thing that sells in Pakistan is a rom-com. Everyone wants to go see a light right. Agree, agree, agree. agree. Because it gives them three hours of release from load shedding, no nagging, nothing. They go there and they sit and they're transported into another world. It seems to work. But what would be the next step to that? You'd have horror films. You'd have a, a development of a whole art scene. For me, the best film I've seen, and you, because you're sitting here, Samad, I won't go towards that side. But, uh, you know, like there's this guy called, uh, what's his name? He made Shah about this boxer. Another right, phenomenon. Right, yeah. He made Motorcycle Girl. We invested in that film with him. We didn't make money, but we invested money with him on that film. And that is a niche film again, right? Star was a niche film. But again, this is an evolution of cinema. On day one, you sell to the public. Cinema going is a habit. People get into the habit of going every weekend and stuff. So you keep adding genres as you go along. People right, right, right. Now, make two films a year, they'll go to five films a year. But Pisa, that's Sorry. where the problem is. I think that is what I'm hinting at, that just, again, we cannot go in a reverse gear and a myopia of sorts where we say only this genre sells, and hence the reluctant financiers or people who are willing to put their money in, they would just not invest in any other genre at all. Nobody wants to. Like if you were to take, and why I'm saying that there are problems with films or narratives, because I feel that that whole hangover of the sensibility of 80s Bollywood, which we storytellers or filmmakers are then accused of, that why aren't we at par with international cinema? Why aren't we at par with the kind of content, say, that our neighboring country is putting out? Like not only on digital, but everywhere in the world, you know? So only because the commerce angle is there, I agree there needs to be a sufficient supply to make, ensure that you know the money keeps rolling back in, but that cannot result in a complete absence of diversity, because I feel that that is what caused the demise or whatever a total collapse of uh, the cinema industry towards the 90s and the early 2000s, and we've seen such dry years of cinema. So right now, when I see just one kind of genre, and people kind of validating that, oh, this is what needs to be just repeated over and over again. I feel scared. And then the burden that I take as a storyteller is not shared by anyone, you know? Then it's like a bad film at the end of the day if it doesn't make money. Like you praising Shah, I mean, warms my heart because I feel that that kind of a cozy, uh, personal take on a story like that is very, very important. And whereas the Punjab Nehi Jaungi ensures money, there is no support for five more shahs to be made, out of which perhaps three would work. Yeah, and they are much smaller in budget. Uh, but Salman, okay. that's the story of the world. But let me go to Kamran. Kamran Lashari. Kamran sir, uh, uh, Nadeem, if you allow me to just take 30 seconds, I wanted to address two things. And one is to Nadeem as well. Uh, Salman, the thing is, when you have enough cinemas being built, like um, we have a multiplex in packages. It is 10 screens. You have enough, you have enough breadth now to show different genres. Exactly. We're an underscreen market. So commercial success was going to drive it. But we built 10 screens so we can get different genres running at the same time. And secondly, yeah, Deku, I'll give you, I'm just a technical professional, right? I'll give you two quotes right now. One is by Taran Adarsh, who's an huge Indian film critic, right? Yeah. He yeah, said, yeah. both Indian film embellished with bravura 
bold took the indian subcontinent by storm right, right. what did ram gopal verma say he said saw war stunned beyond belief i just want to leave direction and go to assess bilal lishadi indian film should look at pakistan films seriously this is ram gopal verma who's considered one of the icons of the indian film right and you know kamran is here look at the words they were using kamran that's why i want to ask kamran kamran can you tell us your experience about war number 1 did you make money how long did it take was it easy dekhiye uh, the producer was uh, someone else uh, my son was the director and uh, this movie uh, i mean i got various uh, numbers ke chha koi kabhi keh rahe the 